Hi everybody, this is Bill Owen. It's podcast time. What's the topic for today? Well, we we cover a lot of ground, don't we, with uh, old-time movie serials and radio, big bands, philosophers, world's greatest authors, sports figures. Today uh, we are really uh, going off the field, remembering those great old candy bars. I think all of us can relate to having a favorite candy bar, and chances are we'll we'll mention some of yours in the course of our podcast. We all have our favorites. Uh, Baby Ruth maybe is yours, which was not named, by the way, for the famous baseball player, but rather for President Grover Cleveland's daughter, Baby Ruth. Butterfinger, remember that one? The Three Musketeers, Mr. Goodbar. Oh, we have so many... So many great memories. I have a special memory uh, of candy because uh, our our family on my mother's side was in the candy manufacturing business way back in the uh, in the early days of the 20th century. Huge candy plant, the Congress Candy Company in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Uh, my uh, grandfather Louis Rohde and the uh, after he passed away, his three sons, my mother's brothers, took over operation. My mother never had anything to do with it, really, but uh, we used to go in and watch them. It was just magical for a little boy to watch chocolate, for example, being manufactured in a huge vat. And be careful, you could fall in those vats, and it wouldn't be a joke if you fell in. But we always had access to a lot of candy. And one of my cousins told a story that... Uh, she enjoyed the Butterfinger Bar, which was made by a rival company, a national company, the Curtis Candy Company. And she loved those, but she didn't want her dad to see that she wasn't eating the, the, the family candy bars. So she would sneak up to her room and put a Butterfinger under her pillow and make sure she didn't tell dad. <laughs> the Congress Candy Company. The first known bar, by the way, was a chocolate confection. It was called Fry's Chocolate Cream. F-R-Y apostrophe S. And that was made in Bristol, England, way back in 1847, the first known candy bar. Uh, we mentioned Baby Ruth. That, of course, was made out of peanuts and caramel and milk chocolate. Butterfinger, a chocolate-covered peanut butter. And, and the company Curtis Candy at one point was dropping them from airplanes for publicity. People would scramble on the ground and find a Baby Ruth or a Butterfinger. That was... That was a brilliant idea, great stroke of advertising. Well, Mars made all kinds of candy bars. They made the Three Musketeers. They made Forever Yours. They made uh, Dr. IQ, which is named for the famous radio program. Three Musketeers originally, now some may, may remember, it was three separate pieces. One chocolate, one strawberry, one vanilla. And later they combined them at just the chocolate bars, the Three Musketeers. Payday, another favorite, still going strong today. That's made of uh, salted peanuts with a caramel center. That came along in 1932, produced by the Hollywood Candy Company. And where do you suppose the Hollywood Candy Company was located? (laughs) Not in California, but in Minnesota. And the reason it was named Payday, because it happened to be made for the first time on payday for the company employees at the Hollywood Candy Company. Oh, there's so many. You may have forgotten some of them. O. Henry, 
very popular bar, first made in Chicago in 1920. There are all kinds of stories regarding the name, supposedly some little boy that apparently uh, showed up at the factory one time. None of those stories has ever been confirmed, so you can use your own imagination where they got the name O. Henry. I remember one called Zero, which was a white bar. That was quite unusual. It was white chocolate fudge over caramel, peanuts, and almond nougat. Uh, there was the Whiz Bar. Whiz, W-H-I-Z. That was made with marshmallows. Really delicious. And they had radio ads for Whiz. Very common back in the 40s. The announcer would say, Whiz! The best nickel candy there is! <laughs> that left an impression on yours truly. How about Necco Wafers? Another favorite of mine. Had likenesses of movie stars printed in color on, on individual ones. Necco, by the way, stands for the New England Confectionery Company. And that is the oldest U.S. candy company. Necco, New England Confectionery Company. Here's an odd title, a catchy name indeed. Chicken Dinner Candy Bar. It was popular, I remember, during the war years, World War II. No, there were no poultry ingredients in the chicken dinner bar. Just a delicious bar. Jolly Jack, that was often included in World War II rations for GIs, Jolly Jack. There was the butternut bar made of caramel and peanuts. The Clark bar came out of Pittsburgh in 1917, made out of peanut butter and taffy. You can still find them. Another of my favorites, the Walnettos. And the reason I say it was one of my favorites, you could take them along for a nickel. They were individually wrapped pieces uh, made of caramel and walnuts. And they would last <laughs> the better part of the double feature. It lasted for a long time. They came out of Minneapolis as early as 1919. Bit of honey, remember that one? Six pieces wrapped in wax paper made of almonds and taffy. One of the most quality bars of all was Mars. It was interesting because at that time, uh, when Mars made it, it was uh, it was ten cents. The other bars were all a nickel, and you paid a little more to get this wonderful quality bar, Mars. It started out in England in 1932. It's been discontinued at times and then brought back. You can still find them. You look hard. Well, the most standard bars of all, I guess, would be the Hershey's Milk Chocolate and the Hershey's with Almonds. Another interesting name for a candy bar was the Denver Sandwich. No, no connection with the breakfast dish made of eggs and ham, but comprised of wafers, nuts, chocolate, and caramel. The Denver Sandwich. I remember uh, we would often order a Denver Sandwich in a restaurant, and we were in Denver, and we ordered, and they didn't know what a Denver sandwich was. It turned out in Denver at that time they called them the St. Paul sandwich. You, you figure that one out. It's always fun for little kids to buy root beer barrels, get that wonderful root beer flavor. And it makes sense, I guess, that, that uh, they were invented by Charles Hires of Hires Root Beer, who invented root beer back in 1875. He was a pharmacist in Philadelphia. So uh, years later, he came up with the root beer barrels. Well, my son enjoyed uh, Pez, Pez, which was famous for its dispenser, which resembled a cigarette lighter. That was invented in Vienna, Austria in 1927. And where did they get that strange name, Pez, P-E-Z? 
Well, it stands for pfefferminz. P-F-E-F-F-E-R-M-I-N-Z. Pfefferminz, which means in German, peppermint. And they took three of the letters out of, uh, out of pfefferminz. Zagnut, remember that one? Peanut brittle and cocoa and toasted coconut. 1930. I never enjoyed coconut bars, but a lot of people enjoyed them, that's for sure. Another bar made by Mars was Twix. That came along a little bit later in 1967. I would describe it as a biscuit with confectionery topping like uh, caramel and milk chocolate. And the way they uh, packaged it, it could be in one, two, or four pieces. Never three, but one, two, or four Twix. Kit Kat, chocolate-covered wafer that came out of the United Kingdom back in 1935. Still around. Twizzlers, which was a licorice-type candy, came out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Amish country, 1929. Now, here's another one I took to the movies quite often. The bite-sized nibs had a picture of a camel and an oasis on the package. Yellowish and uh, with some red in, on the package, I remember it well. And you could see the yeah, little cellophane cover, and you could see the, uh, the contents, the nibs inside, the black nibs. Lifesaver is one of the most popular and most enduring. A ring-shaped candy with fruit flavors. Edward Noble started the company back in 1913. He was a good uh, businessman. He suggested selling them right by the cash register in restaurants and grocery stores. And he suggested you always give a nickel with the customer's change, which would be make it easy to encourage the purchase. And Edward Noble went on to uh, buy the Blue Network after NBC had to divest themselves of one of their two networks, the Red and the Blue Networks, in 1943, and that uh, soon became the American Broadcasting Company, originally the Blue Network. We're talking about all these Mars products, and I, I'm, I'm thinking of announcer Alan C. Anthony, and he was the, uh, the announcer on the Dr. IQ program, which I listen to faithfully every Monday. We've talked about it on earlier podcasts. I have a lady in the balcony, doctor. Give that gentleman 12 silver dollars and so on, all those great phrases. But anyway, Alan C. Anthony, when he did the commercials, it was it was a treat just to listen to him. He would he would literally drool over words. He'd emphasize words like, uh, he didn't just say nougat or creamy. He'd say, that delicious nougat or that delicious creamy center. The wonderful chocolate flavor. It is delicious. He played with the words, and he made you want to get up and have a candy bar. Another uh, product of, of the uh, era was, uh, well, it goes back to the 1920s, in fact. Mounds, first made by the Peter Paul Manufacturing Company in West Haven, Connecticut. It's simply coconut covered with dark chocolate. Then they had a... Uh, a brother bar, Almond Joy, coconut with whole almonds and milk chocolate. And they had a very popular radio jingle in the 1970s. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts, bounds don't. <laughs> Some of you may recall that. Uh, Forever Yours, we mentioned that, made by Mars along with Milky Way, Snickers, Three Musketeers. Never quite as popular, never took off. Powerhouse, another popular candy bar. 
Oh, there's so many. We don't want to forget M&M's. Named for the pioneer candy maker Forrest Mars and his partner William Murray. Mars and Murray. Mm -hmm. Very famous slogan. I think you remember. The candy that melts in your mouth, not in your hand. <laughs> Can't forget that. And the uh, rival Reese's Pieces came along much later because M&M's first appeared in 1941. Uh, Reese's Pieces, not till 1978. Reese's, of course, also made the famous peanut butter cups. How about the malted milk balls from 1949, known as Whoppers, and Raisinets, chocolate-covered raisins. The Reggie Bar had a short run from uh, 1978 to 1982, of course, named for the great Yankee outfielder with that magnificent throwing arm. Reggie Jackson. It's a Reggie exclamation mark, the way they spelled it. It was a round bar made of milk chocolate with a peanut and caramel center. He was uh, with the Yankees from 77 to uh, 81. We mentioned the Dr. IQ bar for the famous quiz program. There was a milkshake bar. You could easily mistake it for Milky Way if you looked at the wrapper. There's the Marathon bar. There was PB Max. Of course, standing for peanut butter, max, maximum of peanuts. Uh, the 7-Up bar, nothing to do with the beverage. Oh, my goodness, what else? Snow caps, snow caps from the 1920s. Uh, Semi-sweet uh, chocolate, chocolate confection, covered with white nonpareils, they call them, those little... Uh, Sugar balls, known as nonpareils. Some others come to mind. Mike and Ike, a fruit-flavored candy from 1942. There was Chuckles, a jelly candy, 1921. Jelly coated with sugar. Of course, Tootsie Rolls, we can't overlook that. Tootsie Rolls from 1907. A taffy-like uh, taffy candy. Skittles, fruit-flavored. 1947, there was Starburst, another taffy. It originally was known as Opal Fruits, and later became Starburst. That's a Johnny-come-lately on the candy scene, comparatively, from 1960. Gummy Bears goes back to Germany in the 19... The year, actually, it was 1920. They first produced the Gummy Bears, a fruit gum. Twizzlers, kind of like licorice, 1929. Oh, yes, good and plenty. One of the oldest of all from 1893, made in Philadelphia, a licorice candy. Had a famous TV commercial in the 50s. Choo Choo Charlie, little boy, pretending to be a railroad engineer. And you'd, you'd hear the uh, commercial go, good and plenty, good and plenty, good and plenty. Sound like a train going by. Oh, how about uh, how about some of the chewing gums from that era? Beeman's Pepsin from uh, an Ohio physician named Edward Beeman. He made it from the stomach of hogs. <laughs> Doesn't sound appealing, does it? But a lot of people thought it improved their digestion. Adam's clove it was that was often chewed to disguise alcoholic breath during prohibition. It was blackjack gum. Wow, oh, I, I think I probably chewed that more than anything. 
you if you're clowning around you you could take a little piece of blackjack gum and put it on a tooth and uh, from a few feet away it looked like you had a a missing tooth it looked like a gap there and you're clowning around pk chicklets my mother used to love those little chicklets pk being for uh, pk wrigley the founder the man who came up with double mint spearmint well, those are some of the bars. Maybe you can think of others. I can't right now, but uh, they have an interesting history. And uh, I'm sure somewhere in there we mentioned one of your favorites. Candy bars dating way back and still going strong. Well, this is Bill Owen reminiscing, and uh, we'll get together again hopefully before long. Bye-bye.